One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. Now it's time for a Spotlight Star Wars with your host, Ken Knapsack. Welcome back to Spotlight Star Wars here in Four Center. I'm Ken Knapsack, episode 148, and this ongoing monologue from me to you. I, I am sitting here late on a Saturday night recording this episode, and sometimes that's what happens. Four Center. Our schedule's tied, our real-life schedules are tied, and 
you look up and you say, God, you know, I got to get an episode out tomorrow. It, it's uh, it's my week to get this. Uh, what do I do? And you clap your hands and you think, what's on your mind? What's on your Star Wars mind? And there's a lot to talk about. Everyone is out there celebrating Star Wars Visions. We're doing a deep dive on it. Part one is in the books. Part two for us on Force Center coming on up. That kind of conversation, which is generally right now so positive about Star Wars Visions, which is just at the time of this recording, time of this release, maybe you're listening to this episode uh, weeks from now, months from now, years from now. I don't know. I- I'm just here talking about right now, putting this feeling in a bottle of somewhat, I, well, I will say, straight across Star Wars joy. People are experiencing the conversations online around Star Wars visions are nice and warm and fuzzy and friendly. Oh, I'm sure there's some people that are attacking it. Some people don't like it. Some people have strong opinions. And look, of the nine episodes, you're going to have a an episode or two you gravitate to more. You're going to have some you don't really gravitate to. Maybe even some you just don't like. But you're going to have some moments in there that you love. And around the conversation about Star Wars Visions is this idea of, well, is it not canon? Uh, Should we care? Should it be canon? Should some of those ideas slide into Star Wars canon? We talk a lot about canon and what it means here on Force Center and what it means to us, more importantly, than what it means. What does it mean to you? Canon means a lot to me because canon, the stuff that's quote-unquote, quote, real, the stuff that counts, that's valuable to me, this ongoing Star Wars story. I always take in these big fantasy genre uh, IPs, whatever one you like, I have the ones I love. Star Wars, Game of Thrones, some Lord of the Rings, throw that in there as well. I always take them as living history documents, and I've talked about that for years, even going back to the Jedi Alliance days. I'm so in the story as a fan that I just see, hey, this is what happens, and I kind of deal with the story from there. That kind of married perfectly with Joseph Scrimshaw's philosophy of uh, engage with the story that's presented to you, one that I've absolutely adopted myself because it's kind of a mantra around these Star Wars hallways. So I've been ruminating on on canon and and, and a story that quote-unquote counts. Now, any story counts if it moves you. Even legends, which I didn't connect with as much, but if it moves you, if Tales from Moss Eisley Cantina moves you, uh, Tales from Jabba's Palace moves you, Trusted Bakura moves you, it moves you. It's a Star Wars story that you connect with, and nothing, not even me, can take that away from you. So many people are just absolutely connecting with Star Wars visions. It doesn't matter if it's canon or not. This we can agree on. I find myself uh, sometimes struggling to engage with those stories because I get that little bug in my head of, of it doesn't it doesn't actually count and maybe I I, I can't study it and, and, and connect it to the bigger Star Wars picture and I get in my head about it, which is why it's been so fun to just watch people just fall head over heel. Heels in love with Star Wars Visions. And I want to be clear, as you're hearing on the deep dives on this network, I absolutely love the series. Tattooing Rhapsodies, I just am blown away by it. I love it. I love the way it made me feel, which is what Star Wars is truly about. What does it make you feel? There's also been some conversations going around the Star Wars world lately about some comments, uh, actually a quote, a, a section from an upcoming book, uh, a book by the late great Unfortunately, late great J.W. Rinsler. In fact, last time we were on Spotlight Star Wars, we were talking about his great work and specifically his work with uh, the Star Wars, the Dark Horse comic series, the adaptation of George Lucas's original Star Wars script. Rinsler's final uh, book, a, a uh, look at uh, producer Howard Kazanchian, is uh, the conversation around is being dominated by 
comments about uh, from uh, Marsha Lucas about Star Wars. I don't know if we'll go into it fully on Force Center. It's not really our nature to rebut anyone's opinions about Star Wars. It can get us down. It can frustrate us. But I'm not here to speak for Joseph or even speak for Jennifer. I can only speak for myself. We absolutely respect respect the hell out of Marshall Lucas, without a doubt. We don't necessarily even have Star Wars without Marshall Lucas. Her uh, coming in and editing along with uh, other people there as well. Paul Hirsch, Richard Chu, my trivia brain sometimes f- fails me. Um, and they won awards for it. They, they, Star Wars is there. Star Wars is here because of uh, her work. So I'm not here to go after, attack, rebut the words that uh, were pulled from that book and spread around the Star Wars world. But in those comments was this question of who or who does not get Star Wars. Oh, that could be a big debate. It also can be about your personal opinions about some of the projects in mind. Just the way it is. You might not mean any harm, but, you know, if you don't like Rogue One or Last Jedi, you might think uh, the people behind some of those films, or if you don't like Force Awakens, or maybe you didn't connect with The Mandalorian, you might think some of the people behind it don't get Star Wars. They don't understand. And look, some people, I guess, just don't understand Star Wars. That's fair to say, I guess. I guess. I don't like to say that, and there's no need to say that. Let's celebrate what we love. But because that conversation was going around the Star Wars space on Twitter and other places, other places I dare not go, it got me thinking about, well, who does know Star Wars? Because what is Star Wars? Some of the examples that were brought up in the in that section of the uh, of the book that they kind of got out and about there, about uh, characters dying and and that's not Star Wars and they don't get it. You can debate that and rebut that another time, but I, I just don't think that's I just don't think that's accurate. I just don't think that's accurate. That's plot. That's that's what happens in the movies. We want to know why it happens. We want to connect it to the bigger picture. A lot of times when I'm looking for a little bit of a spiritual experience and understanding Star Wars or just getting inside the the head of the creators of Star Wars, I'll go to some of the behind the scenes books. And I, there's a lot of great ones out there, but I cannot recommend enough the Star Wars archives by Paul Duncan. It's just a breathtaking book. And I I have the original trilogy one. I don't yet have the one that's uh, around the prequels uh, and, um, the special editions. There's just some wonderful, wonderful insight during the creative process. And I suppose you can all, we can all point to some of the sections of the book and say, ah, see, they get it. Uh, other people don't. But I, every time I read this book, now I was raised at a, as a nice Christian boy in a small town. So uh, I'm not saying this lightly. I'm actually saying this pretty sincerely. Reading the Star Wars archives is almost like reading the Bible. There I said it, burn my records. I'm the John Lennon of Force Center right now. No, I actually really mean that. I really do. It's the words of George and Paul Duncan uh, sat down with George and, and got these wonderful interviews. And you also get to read some transcripts from 
meetings and on-set interactions with Lawrence Kasdan, uh, Richard Marquand, and, and Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, all the people, like Carrie Fisher, all the people involved, uh, Gary Kurtz, Howard Kazanjian, all the people involved in the original trilogy of the movies, we all love without a doubt, right? Unless you meet someone from the prequel generation who looks at those movies. Uh, I've heard those comments of, I don't know, the old ones from the 80s, eh, not as good as the prequels. It exists. It exists. And God bless those that think that because that's what Star Wars means to them. I love going through the book and just kind of having things jump out at me. Having having things find me when I need it as a Star Wars fan. What is Star Wars? I'm just going to read some George Lucas quotes, if you don't mind. And again, I am reading directly the words of George Lucas from Paul Duncan's book, The Star Wars Archives. Uh, said, written, recited without permission. No rights reserved by me here. But these are words that move me. Maybe they... They're finding you as a Star Wars fan when you need it. George Lucas says, Fairy tales are how people learn about good and evil, but how to conduct themselves in society. The young knight who through his virtue slays the dragon. It's only one of the quotes I got here today, if you don't mind. Joseph and I just broke down the Mortis arc on the Clone Wars report. Most of you are probably familiar with the Mortis arc. There might be a few who haven't taken that deep dive into the Clone Wars. Now's your chance. No big spoilers here about it. But in watching the Mortis arc now, I'll confess here, as I touched upon a little bit on the Clone Wars report, but I'll just say it because, hey, Spotlight Star Wars, again, my monologue from me to you. Just a Star Wars fan out here in Burbank, California. To you, a Star Wars fan, wherever you are in this wonderful, wonderful world. I was intimidated. I was intimidated to sit down and dig into the Mortis Ark. There's so much in there. Visions of the future. Prophecies of the future. Prophecies from the past coming into play. Godlike mysterious force wielders. These beings on this planet or this world or this place that we don't really know exists. Everything, every line, every moment tying to another part in Star Wars, particularly the first six movies, because that's when this series of episodes... uh, pulled into creation by George Lucas himself sitting down and saying, hey, I've got an idea. We're going to do three episodes or some episodes or an episode, you guys tell me, of this crazy magical world called Mortis. And there's so much there that I I grabbed my uh, little notes and I watched all the episodes over and over. And, you know, as you all know, Joseph is just a master at breaking down themes and connecting to the bigger part of Star Wars. And I, and I learn at his feet so often. And I sat there with my notes just drawing blanks, going, I don't know if I can, if I can uh, make sense of what I feel about Mortis. I don't know if I can pundit with any degree of expertise here. I just don't know. It's so much in these episodes. And there is a lot in these episodes. But in watching the Mortis arc this time around, I just realized it's pretty simple. It's George Lucas sitting down with the Clone Wars team and saying, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a moment Take a brief pause from the big, crazy, pew, 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 Clone Wars action, the banking deregulations, the politics, the pursuit of peace, the drama and trauma of war. Take a little pause and just put out three episodes that are around Anakin. They're around the Chosen One. They're around the big prophecies in Star Wars. But these episodes are nothing more than the battle that we all have and the relationship we all have to the light, and to the dark. 
And once I looked at that, it, it doesn't make all the punditry any easier. Uh, there's so many themes to talk about. And I often, though I've been talking into microphones my entire career and quite frankly, my entire life, I don't always do it well, but I press on nonetheless. I'm Han Solo when it comes to that. Don't tell me the odds of trying to make sense of anything. I'm just going to turn on the mic. But I was, I found myself moved by the Mortis arc more than I ever have been. I've always enjoyed it. I've always answered, uh, uh, my favorite Clone Wars arc, yeah, Mortis, it's definitely one of them. And it should be. It's, it's spectacular. And again, if you haven't taken that deep dive, absolutely do it. Uh, you know, watch all the Clone Wars episodes. But you could jump into the Mortis, uh, the Mortis arc almost uh, just by itself. Uh, you might have the questions of who this young uh, Ahsoka Padawan is. But, you know, maybe by now, thanks to pop culture, you'll know. I was moved by these episodes. It's Star Wars served up so simple. It's Star Wars in its just bare minimum, but most important form. It's the battle of light and dark, good and evil. I, I was looking for things to talk about tonight. I, I love doing maybe here in Spotlight Star Wars some uh, this day, this week in Star Wars stuff. Uh, I love doing little uh, fun celebrations of the toys and my memories. That's what I get to do here on this particular show here in Force Center. But... Like opening up the Bible and finding a verse that speaks to you right in the moment or turning on a radio if you're not necessarily following me down that religious path. You sometimes can turn on the radio and a rock song comes on or some kind of uh, song comes on and finds you right when you need it. We've all experienced that. I'm not kidding. With all this stuff going around this week of what is Star Wars? Is it the wonderful stuff that is visions? It's not actually connected to canon, so can we still have uh, find great value in it? Or is it someone from Star Wars past, someone very important from Star Wars past, said uh, no one else got Star Wars after the first movie. No one else really understood what Star Wars was. And you can have these debates, you can have these celebrations, and they all kind of could muddle your head. I flipped open this book. I was uh, flipping around through the pages, and and I just stopped on a on a big shot of the Millennium Falcon flying away from the uh, exploding Death Star. And, uh, you know, I love the pew, pew, pew. I love the Battle of the Rebellion versus the Empire. I love the Millennium Falcon, so I'm going to stop on that page. But on page 568 of the book, and yes, it does go far into the 500s, uh, 568. Uh, the series of, of, of quotes, this interview with George Lucas and Paul Duncan, the author of the book, uh, popped out. It just jumped out to me. It found me right where I needed it. And some of it recently has been popping up. And that's what happened. Someone will uh, hear the debate about Star Wars Online and they'll post a little picture of a book or a quote gets out. And, and sometimes people see it as new for the first time and a new discussion uh, pops up. It's kind of like that clip from George Lucas in the Clone Wars writing room up at the uh, old Lucasfilm offices there uh, talking about uh, good and evil and, and evil's uh, uh, the greed and the, and the never-ending quest for power. And that great clip, and some people see it again for the first time or some people just see it for the first time. And I actually think that's beautiful. We all discover things when we need to in Star Wars. And I, I discovered this today, the full interview. If you don't mind here on Spotlight Star Wars, I'm just, I'm just going to read it and maybe it'll find you. I feel like I'm giving a sermon. Everyone open up Star Wars archives to page 568 in Paul Duncan's books, book. George Lucas said, you have the light side and the dark side in you. Your job as a human being is to try to keep those things in balance so you don't go all over the dark side. It's not possible to go all the way over to the light side, so people struggle to keep on the light side because it's harder. That's what a Jedi is. A Jedi is someone that's pushing the light side as far as they can. It's not one thing or another. It's like an applause meter. 
you're turning to the dark side, then the applause meter is going over that side. But if you can control your emotion, say, this is the force's will, this is natural, you can't do anything about it. Just accept it. And then you can get back to the light side. Light side. Otherwise, you'll be in pain forever. Obviously, there are people that just do the easy thing, and the easy thing is to be angry, which turns to hate. It's not an active thing, it's a passive thing. Being angry with somebody is a passive thing. You have to work, uh, work to not be angry, and if you don't work at it, you'll just be angry the rest of your life. Bitter, angry, and of course, that leads to suffering. It's the bad side. On the other side, you have to be diligent all the time, like a Buddhist monk or a priest, to forgive and accept the fact and turn the other cheek. That's one of the reasons why you can't become attached to people or things, because that's the way to selfishness, and that's also the way to get angry. You have to be able to lose them and realize that's the nature of life. Nobody lives forever. Nothing is perfect. So Paul Duncan shoots it back and says, hey, in terms of Luke's story, he loses his aunt and uncle. He loses Ben. He loses Yoda. And then at the end, he loses his father. This is not a happy-go-lucky story. But at the same time, you can see that he's grown up. He's matured. And he's become an adult. He's become somebody who is self-aware and can deal with his life. George responds, in the first film, he's on the verge of losing his aunt and uncle. He's grown up. He's 18, 19. He wants to leave and go off and follow his destiny, which is kind of a death. He's sad about his aunt and uncle when they are killed by the stormtroopers. But as Ben says to him, you couldn't have made any difference. If he'd been there, he'd have been killed too. So this is a rougher departure than he thought. But it's the one that he was contemplating and the one that he was willing to accept. That for him to go and have his life, he had to separate from his caregivers. So he did that. Paul Duncan says, which is the beginning of the hero's journey. George says, right, right. When he loses Ben, he freaks out. He's depressed and all the things that you would be. But Ben has to put that idea in him that things happen naturally. And there's also this other thing that he's never explained, which is that he allowed himself to be killed. He didn't really die. He disappeared. Speaking of Obi-Wan, of course. There's more to this than just a death. Later on in the movie, Luke hears Ben say, use the force. It mitigates that loss a little bit because he knows Ben's somewhere and that something's going on. When Luke sees that Yoda is dying, he's ready to accept the situation. He's able to let Yoda die without falling apart. When it's his father, it's sad, but he's learned to allow death to enter his life and accept that nothing goes on forever. It's a reality you have to accept. Paul Duncan says, once you see the whole story, it makes sense and it's incredibly moving. I think on the, the landing platform in Endor, when Vader says, it's too late for me, son. This is the first time he calls him son, and it's the moment when Vader becomes human again. George Lucas says, that's right. The point is, his son saved him. His son saved him by doing the very thing that Vader couldn't do. Luke wouldn't turn to the dark side, and unfortunately, that's what Vader did. Paul Duncan says he couldn't accept death, speaking of Vader. George says, yes, Anakin wanted to save his wife, but it wasn't possible except with sort of black magic. The dark side made him feel all-powerful, and all-powerful means I can do whatever I want. I can be selfish. If I want to save my wife out of selfish reasons, I can do that, even though he couldn't because she died. It's a war between selfless, selflessness and selfishness, which is what, side note, exactly is stated in the Mortis arc. The daughter can only act out of selflessness. The son only selfishness back with george george says luke is not trying to get some magic potion he does not accept the emperor's offer of come to the dark side and you can be all powerful when vader sees his son willing to give up his life to save him 
kill me. I'm not going that way no matter what. And that is what turns him. It's the end of Vader's journey to the dark side. Now, I hear that and I hear the story. That's the story of the original trilogy. George Lucas isn't talking about the models of the X-Wings, the Y-Wings, the TIE Fighters. He isn't worried about canon. He probably couldn't recite it all. Hell, he's, in his, in his mind, uh, Leia spent four years with uh, Padme. Uh, it doesn't matter. What matters is that story, this fairy tale, this myth, this fable. That's what we always go back to here on Force Center. We love going deep. Every Thursday we present deep dives. Again, not speaking for Joseph, but I don't even know if it's fair to call them deep dives. I think we just simply want to point everyone to what's there. And it's not that deep of a dig. It's all there, and that's Star Wars. Is this spirit in the other Star Wars films, the prequels included? Is this spirit, is this purpose in the other Star Wars shows and books and comics? I do, do believe it is. Out of, uh, and meaning no disrespect to anyone else. George has this final quote here on this other page, the page that pulled me in. I was raised believing that right always wins and still believe it. It's a deceit, of course, and it's been replaced by cynicism. And you can learn from cynicism, but you can't build on it. You can build on dreams. This is what Star Wars is about. This is why we connect to all of the Star Wars stories out there. Whether they're canon, whether they're legends, whether they're a Saturday morning cartoon, or whether they're a comic book you pick up on the road. These are the stories that present these ideas. And we continue to learn from them. We are all on our own hero's journey. We continue to grow. Thanks, George. Thanks, Paul Duncan, for this book. We're going to take a quick break. And I hope George's words, not mine, but I hope George's words, help you continue to build your love of this wonderful saga called Star Wars. Stick around. We'll be right back. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome back and thanks for sticking around these parts here on Spotlight Star Wars. Let's let's take a look at this day in Star Wars history. I love going to the Star Wars official app. You get a lot of sound effects. You get some uh, great emojis and some cute ones, too, because cute belongs in Star Wars as well. Uh, but uh, they always have this uh, the wonderful this day in Star Wars thing. And I love looking at those. I love getting a little, uh, looking back, getting a little perspective. And this one, September 26, 2002. Uh, looking back uh, back then, which seems like oh, just yesterday. Uh, September 26, 2002, the words Jedi, Dark Side, and the Force find a place in the new edition of the shorter Oxford English Dictionary. Fun note, I thought that was great. Just looked at it, laughed, thought that was cute. Yeah, I like those words. Those words mean a lot. But then that kind of hit me. And, and Star Wars is probably in a lot of dictionaries out there. Uh, all you dictionary aficionados can tell me the ones in which Star Wars words appear. This is not to be taken lightly that these words, words that just are from a silly little space saga, Jedi, Dark Side, the Force, uh, all these kind of things that we grew up with, they are part of the world, the big world, this, this galaxy here. And I, I was thinking about that and how and what that means for Star Wars, the Star Wars that is still going on right now. We uh, talk often about the importance of uh, diversity and representation and, and just evolving Star Wars stories, but keeping to the cores of Star Wars, the things I was just talking about in the first segment of the show. 
it's all important stuff, but it's, and people fight that. And people do fight that. Let's be honest. For all kinds of reasons, not here to comment on them all now, but, but people fight them. And it just, it's so wrong on so many, uh, so many levels. And Star Wars still has a ways to go. A lot of things in this world probably have a, a way to go. But I always go back to this idea of, of you have to represent uh, the fandom that is watching you. And that's, you know, always the goal, probably always should have been the goal and in, 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 in ways it, it was, even though Star Wars failed at times. But um, when you when you hear that those simple words, dark side, the force, all these things, things that we use in our just uh, average everyday conversations, I do that. Uh, talk about the dark side of the force. Oh, man, you know, if a friend and I, a friend and I run, any, run into each other at a at a bar or something, it's, hey, we weren't planning on it. The force, the force wills it. Uh, you know, it, it's in our daily lives. It's in our daily, daily conversation, which is just a reflection on how big Star Wars truly is. I talk often of Star Wars being a shared, unique journey. We all interact with Star Wars on our own, and often, often, we discover Star Wars uh, alone in a room, watching a VHS copy, or uh, playing with a toy by yourselves. Uh, I think it's easier and 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 little. Uh, definitely a better uh, Star Wars world out there for you to connect with more Star Wars fans. Star Wars Celebration alone is something I, I couldn't have fathomed existing back in 1983 when I thought I was one of the only people that loved Star Wars. It was never true. Absolutely never true. Just look at those lines outside of uh, the uh, Vance Chinese Theater back in 77. But we feel sometimes that it's true. I mentioned recently on a Star Wars uh, Life Adventures catch-up on our Force Center News and Cues episode, I had a wonderful uh, chance to go up to Victorville, California, up there on the 15 freeway on the way to Las Vegas, about halfway between uh, here, uh, Los Angeles, where I am at, and Las Vegas. And I had a book signing event up there for my uh, book, Why We Love Star Wars, The Great Moments Have Built a Galaxy Far, Far Away. Uh, if you want to uh, pick that up, you're more than welcome to. But I had a book signing put on by uh, the folks at the Barnes & Noble in Victorville, California there. Kent Salas, who is also part of the Blue Milk Latte podcast. Uh, check them out. And his uh, partner Chris was there as well. Uh, he, he Kent works at Barnes and & Noble and he, he, and he helps set this event up. And, and had a wonderful time. Uh, great time. And, and I didn't know what to expect. My name doesn't carry much weight. There's no currency behind uh, the Ken Napsuck name uh, out there in the galaxy. But it's Fun to go uh, meet new people and, 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 and have not just uh, new people to, to buy and read the book. That's great. But to have new people to uh, talk Star Wars with. And every person up there in that fair city that stopped by my little uh, humble table with some uh, balloons and a flyer and a stack of books and me sipping some iced tea. Every person that stumbled upon that table certainly didn't know me. Certainly wasn't a Force Center listener. There, were, there was a couple there. Uh, especially for the trivia, Star Wars uh, trivia night they had uh, later that evening that I uh, helped co-host uh, with Kent there. Uh, shout out to Count Pepto again um, and others that were there. Will was there as well. Uh, Anna, a lot of, lot of wonderful folks. But um, everyone that came up to me did not know me from anything or anybody. They just saw Star Wars and they reacted to Star Wars. And in this uh, three-horse dusty town up on the 15 freeway outside California's uh, uh, the central uh, Southern California area there. Everyone just had a smile on their face. 
and wanted to talk a little bit about their relationship with Star Wars or who they knew that loved Star Wars. There was a couple of those people too. They'd uh, pick up a copy of the book and bring it back to my table. And, you know, here I, I got to personalize it. And, and I always ask for the name. And a lot of them, about 25, 30% were like, oh, you know what? Actually, it, it's not for me. It, it's for my uh, nephew. Oh, no, no, no. It's for my son back home. Oh, my gosh. My husband loves Star Wars. And I love that that Star Wars is so big it can do that. It is this big general billboard. It is this big general uh, brand. And it is corporate owned and operated. It's always been for profit. And it, uh, you know, churns toys and marketing and memorabilia out. And like George himself says, you, you can be cynical about that. And you can get lost in that. But you can build from dreams. And Star Wars is nothing but dreams. And every one of those people. And I was worried. I get nervous when you're out and about, and you guys out there listening probably experience that too. When you're out and about in the wild, there is always that moment. If you run into someone who recognizes uh, uh, something on, uh, on you, that's Star Wars, a shirt, jewelry, a watch, a hat, a backpack. Oh, Hey, Star Wars. You like Star Wars? Oh, I love Star Wars too. And there's always that moment and you're like, Oh man, is this going to be someone who um, doesn't like the prequels or uh, uh, doesn't like the sequels or uh, doesn't like they got a, that they got a lady as a lead Jedi. Uh, I, I heard this thing that uh, Kathleen Kennedy wanted to kill off the classic character. We always kind of wait for that moment. And I know you've probably experienced that too. And sometimes it happens. And sometimes I just smile and nod. And other times I'll try to politely point them in a, in a maybe more positive direction. I can't recall it working too many times in a Uber or at a grocery store. Uh, but here at the Victorville Barnes and Noble, it didn't happen once. Not once. There wasn't even any doubt in anyone's mind. No one came up and said, hey, what's this book about? Uh, please tell me only the original trilogy. Please tell me only the prequels. Uh, please tell me only the sequels. No, no. It was just, oh, man, Star Wars. That's the best. Yeah, I love this. Yeah, I'll pick up a copy of this book. Uh, they'll share some story and share some memory. That's the power of this franchise, and that's the power that the dreams uh, run through this series uh, uh, have. Later on, we had a, a trivia night, which was a lot of fun, and uh, you know, Joseph and I and others compete at a, at a you know very competitive, sometimes high level of a Star Wars trivia at the Schmodown. There's people that go to Dragon Con every year that would just blow me out of wa- out of the water in terms of uh, Star Wars knowledge. That includes our our pals uh, Alex and, and Molly over to Star Wars Explained. Tivik, Tivik. If I just got that name Tivik, I would have beat Alex that one time. Nah, it doesn't matter. And we had a little uh, wonderful, uh, sometimes easy questions, sometimes uh, slightly difficult questions that Kent put together. About 25, 30 or so questions, five teams competing in the corner of a Barnes & Noble on a Saturday night out in Victorville, California. And everyone had a blast. Not everyone knew uh, all the answers, quite the opposite at times. Uh, we had a winning team, I believe it was Count Pepto and his friend won. Um, it was a lot of fun. And afterwards, uh, I mentioned this on the Main Force Center show, but I wanted to go into it more because it absolutely moved me. And sometimes I need to come to Spotlight Star Wars here, this monologue from me to you, and I, I just need to reconnect. We can dig deep and we can celebrate the figures, we can celebrate everything. Sometimes I just love to sit in front of you all and just connect to the basic reasons of why we come back to this franchise every week. 
why I, I sometimes bristle, get upset when I'll see a comment or something that's uh, uh, just uh, cast aside my love of Star Wars as, uh, uh, as a shill or as someone who sees uh, Star Wars or rose, rose-colored glasses. It really upsets me. It upsets me. I, I try not to fight back. I, I muted all the words. I'm Luke on an island hiding from it all. But it upsets me because, <laughs> absolutely, uh, my love runs deep. And I'm absolutely moved by Star Wars. Uh, I'm absolutely moved by people's love of Star Wars. I, I remember Star Wars Celebration uh, 2019, Chicago, uh, looking up and watching the trailer for Rise of Skywalker play the day after the big uh, uh, panel that revealed it all, the Roll It Again panel. And I was moved to tears. You know, debate, debates of the movie would certainly follow. And, and I knew on that day that that would be the case, right? You would hope against hope that, hey, episode nine just connects with everybody on every level. But in the back of my head, I knew that wasn't going to be possible. But none of that mattered at that moment. We all, hundreds of us, if not thousands of us, looking up. The trailer had already debuted the day before, but we all looked up on this day and waited to watch Ray again leap over a tie silencer. Uh, speculation running rampant. Even I had my wild idea that no, no, she wasn't trying to destroy the TIE fighter. She was leaping onto it so her and Kylo could team up. Yeah, I'm, I'm bad at predictions too. And we all watched it. We were all moved. And I wept openly. Wept that we were all gathered for this one simple thing, this silly little franchise that just makes our lives uh, better in our darkest times. And even our happiest times, it adds to that. So, flashback to Victorville, California. It's a humble, modest, but very fun Star Wars trivia night was concluding. And uh, one of the competitors just kind of came up to our table and just thanked us profusely, just thanked us. And as I had said on our Force Center News and Cues episode, when I was talking about this, he said, you know, I've been looking forward to this for months. After you guys first announced it, I took the day off from work. So fun. Just thank you for doing this. You know, I don't get a chance to talk Star Wars a lot with people. It's fun just to be around people. You know, not all of us get to go to Star Wars Celebration. Not all of us get to have Star Wars podcasts. Not all of us get to uh, call into our friends' Star Wars podcasts. Uh, sometimes we are, we are what I was in 1983. A kid uh, by himself on a playground thinking, I'm the only one that loves this. So as in this day in history, the words Jedi and dark side and the force are added to the Oxford English Dictionary. It just proves that Star Wars is as big as it seems, as loud as it seems, it's as giant as we need it to be. And in those moments where Star Wars is only finding you in that moment, and when you feel that you're the only one that loves it, or the only, you're the only one that connects to it, doesn't matter the movie, doesn't matter the show, doesn't matter the book, the comic, whatever. Just when you feel you're alone as a Star Wars fan out there on social media, at work, at a party. When you feel you're the only one that gets moved by space wizards fighting over light and darkness. You're not alone. Star Wars is so big that the very words in this space franchise, this space saga... They're in dictionaries. They count. They're real. That's how big Star Wars is. What a great time to be a Star Wars fan, friends. Don't ever forget. We are not alone. See you next time here on Spotlight Star Wars. Thanks for listening to the Force Center podcast feed. 
You can follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. I got to do some updating on some uh, YouTube videos to rebroadcast some episodes. Don't worry, I'll do it. We are on Facebook at Force Center Podcast. You can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Get an audio book on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. We are on a lot of places uh, in terms of podcast uh, sites. Uh, Apple, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music. Just search and find us. Don't forget, recently Apple had some problems. You might need to do an upload because automatic downloads and even some uh, saved episodes were deleted for some of our Force Center listeners. Just putting that information out there. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. You can follow me at Ken Napsack or go to my website, KenNapsack.com. There, if you want to pick up Why We Love Star Wars, you can link to uh, places to do that. Uh, also, I've got uh, comedy coming your way. If you're in New York City, October 7th, I will be on a show there at the New York Comedy Club in the East Village. Uh, I'll be appearing on a show Friday night as well. You can get tickets through my website again at KenNapsack.com. So, for Joseph, for Jennifer, for Paul Duncan's amazing book, Star Wars Archives, and George Lucas himself, Hope you all have a great time celebrating Star Wars. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.